Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 433 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to another week of me being sick. Uh, randomness, technology, and life. <laughs> yeah, you do sound a little bit croaky there, mate. I cannot get – I don't know what's – I've done a COVID test. Apparently, I don't have that. I I don't know. I feel – I'm so bloody exhausted. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm ab- absolutely buggered as well. And, and But there's, there's a reason busy. for that. So I mentioned to that. I um, – I've been working uh, really, really hard. <laughs> uh, we we had some stuff come up, and it was like this is work I'd been working on for like off and on for six months, effectively, and then all of it had to be done at once. And so I had to do different. Th- I'm going to mention this because there's a point to this. Okay. Um, I had to do a different thing about the regulatory uh, building thing in each state of Australia, eight states, right? So that's cool. I'm going through, and halfway through, I get to Queensland, and it's just doing my head in. And I was like, all right, I'll leave that to the end. And so then um, I did all the rest, got them all, and they're all the same but different. Like, they'll have different names for building permit, building authority, um, construction yeah. certificate, yeah. all the same thing, but in different states. They have different names for the same thing, basically. Of course, of course. And um Basically, there's a few small changes, but everybody's the same. You've got to get an approval to build there, like that's called a developing approval, development approval, and then yep. you've got a building permit, which shows you what you so it tells you what you can and can't build, and then how to build it. You know that okay. you're doing it in a safe way. Um, except <laughs> for Queensland, because <laughs> in Queensland, like what are they? They don't have a state rules. The state rules basically say go and talk to your council. Every council does it differently. And what? they have a state guideline that says basically you can just do whatever the hell you like because you can hire these people who are building certifiers and they do it. And I'm uh. just like, this is the most corrupt state ever because <laughs> there's even all these warnings that if you're going to buy a house in Queensland, do make sure you get a, a – you check the um, the council to make sure that its final building inspection was done, because one of the laws in in uh, Queensland, everywhere else, pretty much you have to have a certificate of occupancy or a building certificate to say the building's yep. safe and you can live in it. You can't okay. live in it unless you've got the certificate. In Queensland, you can live there if it's your building and and you haven't got a, a safety build uh, certificate. That's fine. There's no problem with that. But if you sell it, it becomes a problem. So people live there for 10 years yeah. and they sell it. They don't even remember. And then, um, yeah, it's just – I just thought Queensland is the most corrupt state of Australia, just on that basis, like no other basis, just on okay. that basis. Just, yeah, okay. And I wondered, what do you think would be the most corrupt area in New Zealand? Auckland. Yeah? I reckon oh, – I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't. Oh, nah. Palmerston North, maybe. It's, <laughs> it's a shade. Like I know people give Hamilton shade, but Palmerston North is the real. Because uh, it, it really is. It's that whole. Um, 
when you know that you get things done because of who you know rather than because of the rules, that's to me that's the that's a sign of corruption, right? And yeah, I just I wonder. And and you're right. Sometimes it could be a big city, but I think more often it's a smaller city because bigger cities sort of need rules to function. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my opinion anyway. I, I was just sort of curious. Anyway, what else have you been? This that's me. I'm I, I've I've been shattered this week, but um, I did ten hours on on um, Monday and twelve hours on Sunday, and that's not like. I started work at five and finished at five. That's like I started work at five and I finished at eight thirty, and I had some hours and breaks in between somewhere. <laughs> I would like to tell you that I've done some stuff, but I have not done anything. <laughs> my goal, my goal before I got this cold or disease or whatever I've got, <laughs> was to go out and some smash out some kilometers, and just get a little bit fitter in preparation for field days next week. I was going to be in top form for field days next week. That's my goal. That's out the window. <laughs> I'm going to be huffing and puffing. I'm going to have to bring some energy drinks. And if I fall asleep somewhere, well, that's what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're interviewing a different person, um, too, from the one we had planned on interviewing. Same uh, company. Same company, the founder, that's all. I don't even know what it's about, so that does mean that means nothing to me. Well, you'll be pleased to know that I've done all the research. Good. I'm I'll lying. Be, I have done I'm, no research. I'm, I'm going to stand in the background <laughs> and pretend I don't know you, <laughs> as I wear the exact same shirt as you. But you know. Ah, uh, yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, no, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um, actually, I um. Yeah, yeah. Did you, that just reminded me? Did you have you you remember Michelle Howie? Yes. Have you seen her post on Mother Ruckers? No. So she's got this community thing. She's starting local community thing. People going for walks with rucksacks. All oh, right. Yeah. Um, you talking about doing your case? Yeah. That's what reminded me. I, I read about that today. So. I signed up to her. Random newsletter, the random one. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. a very interesting person, but seems to be all over the place. Yes, yes, yeah. she's she's cool. I like her, but yeah, you're right. It's um not a lot of rhyme nor reason. I've okay. been getting some good feedback on my newsletter too. Plug the good. newsletter time. Uh, yeah, that is go. <laughs> yeah, no, I got some good feedback from uh, Carl on this one. I had to ask him actually because he goes, "Oh, I started reading it, and I got." busy because you know obviously he's been busy with work as well so i read it today because i wanted to to repost that in linkedin so yeah so uh yeah i'm getting some he said that was very much my voice that last one so yeah talking good. of carl we got feedback from him today uh about last week's podcast episode yeah i saw that actually so that's good uh the main point is he stands up to pee <laughs> he's um, a dizzy bro man that's right that's right and I don't think I don't think Gizzy is uh, corrupt. Just for the record, I don't think it is. No, no, I don't think so. No. They, they're probably um, struggling in general. No, yeah. Actually, I do want to talk about one thing. So yesterday, um, I went to Ha Ha Hamilton. Basically, we finished our hit our um, deadlines yesterday, all except one thing I had to finish, and I did this morning. So I went to Ha Ha Hamilton. So I have been to everyone so far. Still, the only person that has done that. Are you um, going to get a little award? Yeah. Do you yeah. get a little award? <laughs> they keep saying, oh, yeah, I remember your name's Sam. And I'm like, no, I'm Chris from the Chris and Sam podcast. 
Three people uh, no, called me Sam. No, no I, don't, I don't like that. No. <laughs> you should see the look of disgust on Sam's face right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm Sam. That's that's how I look. <laughs> so, uh, so it was good. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. I, I really a big fan of Joel Vince. Uh, never heard of. I, I reckon he will come out like hit the big time. I reckon he will. He's um, he's really really good at that deadpan comedy and acting, regardless of what the audience is doing, which is quite often groaning, which is because he's made them groan. Um, yeah, he's really, really good. I'm, I'm very, very impressed with Joel. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. And it's good to see them trying out some new material, some of the other guys. Uh, some of it hit, some of it didn't, but it was, you know, it's, it's cool. It's all part of the, all part of the scene, right? So yeah, mm. it was a little bit of a quieter night last night. Um, don't know whether it's just <laughs> chilly in the air, although it's been really fine. I actually walked there and back because I needed that, um, nice. That uh, exercise after sitting around. Anyway, I wanted to talk about real quickly. Go Apple goggles. Well, I don't think that's what they call them, do it? It's no, Apple it's Vision. Apple Vision. Yeah, somebody said it looks like Black Mirror. It looks like something out of Black Mirror. And I'm like, it, yes, it does. No, it it looks identical to the goggles in Ready Player One. Um. Oh yeah. I have, to have, I have to see that again because I can't remember. No, no. There's a comparison shot. It oh, literally yeah, yeah. looks like they've just copied it. I got a few notes here I, I wanted to mention about it. So yeah. um, this is mostly thanks to Marcus Brownlee. I don't know if you've seen his video on yeah, it. Yeah, I did watch that video because that's what I was going to talk to you about. Okay. All right. All right. So, yeah. So it's th- three and a half grand US, which is yeah, a lot. Let's face oh, it. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, first, my car's it, not worth that. So No, no, no. It is first gen, though. Yeah. And that, yeah. This and that's is what so, they normally do. Um, it's metal and quite heavy, and that's easy to forget because it looks like it's transparent, but it's not. No, that's creepy, eh? Yeah, it's so creepy. It wasn't until he said that I was like, oh, because I thought it was a glass that became opaque. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's on the outside. It's got a screen showing your eyes, which is cameras on the inside are looking at. So many cameras. Yeah. and um. And then when you go isolated, so augmented reality, you're not actually seeing the world. You're seeing what the camera is showing you. Yes. Which means, in a way, so augmented reality or the pass-through feature on the Quest 2 that I have is black and white. So it doesn't feel very – you don't feel like you're there, right? No, no, no. You click that and you you can see enough to navigate through the room if you have to. Um, But you – you you don't feel like you're there. Whereas in this thing, it will feel like you're there because it's full color. Yeah. Um, and then when things pop up in that world, mm. um, it, you can't tell the difference because they're both digital. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be quite good. Um. So I I think it'd be quite interesting. I like um, how he was saying how like because he. And he he reviews a whole bunch of stuff. He gets firsthand dibs on almost everything. This guy, oh yeah, yeah him. For sure. And he was like, "It's not often he uses the word magic, but the way it tracks your pupils and what you're looking at, yeah, and you can just look." And that's interesting because Elon Musk has now been granted 
uh, uh, the ability to put a chip inside a human's head. And if you've seen that about the monkey, Elon's talking and he goes, oh, this monkey's got the chip in it. And he's just thinking about what he wants to select and is doing it. And I was like, would I rather have a camera looking at my pupil and me just picking it or Elon Musk putting a chip in my brain? The, the chip in my brain I like, but it's then you go, who owns the chip and what's the chip telling them? No, I, no, no. I, I'd rather go with just the camera looking at my eyeballs. Yeah. And the other thing, just to finish on this Apple thing, was when he was talking about the ability to wear them and you can record something and it's recording it stereoscopically, like super realistic. And that dad is videoing that birthday. With so the goggles you, on. And it yeah. just looks like a creepy old man. Yeah, it's creepy Yes. So if you play it back, it's like you're there, which is cool. But everybody else has to deal with you just with goggles on. Just South Park will already be making an episode about this. I know, I, I know. Wait I, to I, see it. I had Stan, exactly the same thought. <laughs> I just thought of it then. Stan Marsh will probably end up buying it, ignore the whole family, and he'll just be wandering around. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I do want to mention a couple of other things. So one of the things that I didn't expect, um, I didn't think about, was the two-hour battery life for a $3,500 thing. Yeah, but that, that was like, ugh, okay. Again, you're right, it's first gen. Yeah, but the battery's not connected to the headset because it'll it's break your heavy. neck. Yeah. yeah, so you've got this battery pack, which you can on a like, cable plug into the mains, but yeah, yeah. Um, that you put in your pocket or whatever. So that, that was one thing. And the other thing, there's no haptic feedback. So I use the Oculus all the time, and it vibrates like um, a game controller does. You know how it has that vibration? But you do have two controllers, though, eh? I do have two controllers, yeah. Apple doesn't. You've got fingers. No controllers for that Apple. Yeah. But it just means one less input. Um, not saying that the Oculus or the gamer controllers are the bee's knees like they, they're not perfect either yeah, yeah but it's it's one level less of input coming back and for a gamer that's really useful so my ultimate thing from from watching that was it still feels like this is a solution in search of its problem it doesn't yeah. know what it is yet it's really only going to be for developers to play with and somebody's yeah. gonna hopefully come up with a brilliant idea that's not been done before and knock it out of the park and it'll be the go-to thing. Yeah. But they don't know what that is yet. So no, it, no, no. it may never happen or it, somebody may, you know, do something amazing. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Anyway, that's so I thought that was really good, uh, interesting info. Uh, another thing I want to – just taking over, mate. You're um, You're another good. thing I wanted to talk about real brief. We talked about Jonathan Nabs last week with his um, walking, Walker, running, cross, running, running, running. Yeah, through Canada right. or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, this week, his brother. Uh, I, I just thought I'd do a bit of a yell out because he he con uh, contacted me and I said, "Yep, yep, I'll, I'll certainly do that." The Well Energy Trust. Did, hang on. He specifically said, "Can you talk about this on the podcast?" No, no. He just no. He didn't talk about it on the podcast. No, just, good. Hey, no, just... will, you, will you vote for me? So he's um he's on the Well Energy Trust. Um and Thomas is a fantastic guy, really good guy. He runs the Waterboy and uh, an associated um uh charities. Um so, and they help kids basically. He's a really nice guy, and he is on 
the ballot for the Well Energy Trust. So if you happen to be in the Waikato and you get those voting papers, there's a few uh, consider um, voting for Thomas. There's a as always. There's a few randos. Um, if you look at that list of rando people, yeah, it's... I didn't vote. Use all my seven votes. Um, I was a little bit. I mean, I got Jamie Strange was the only one I really knew. Yeah. Oh, Vicky Love, Vicky Ravlich, whatever her last name is. I'm going to screw her last name up. She's in there, and she's the woman that we used as a judge for the baking at the pumpkin carnival. Oh, and okay. she, I didn't vote for she's she made her own like magazine and her whole own industry. Like she's pretty clever in that regard. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. I yeah. I did my. I, I've already posted mine in. Anyway. Um, that's super efficient of you. <laughs> yeah, are you okay? I knew that if I didn't, I, I'd forget. So, and, I, and that was part of my long walk the other day. Um, BMW, have you heard about this BMW i4 trial? <laughs> What's the i4 trial? The New Zealand police are trialing the um, oh, yeah. electric BMW i4. Yeah, so um, the BMW i4. Um, is an electric vehicle, um, which is a, a, a police thing. They're trialing it, and I'm a, I am I can't remember because I watched the video. And it, it looks real cool. Yeah, um, it's a nice-looking car. Yeah, a, uh, a year? Is it a one-year trial? That's what they usually do, isn't it? Something like that. Something They've like gone that. with that one because it's got one of the longest ranges in a car. Yeah, 500 kilometres, 500 kilometres. Yeah, over 500. Yeah. So many angry people on the Facebook post about it. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, really? So many angry people. Yeah, they're just because like, it's a BMW. Well, yeah, partly because they the main fleet is Skoda now. They're like, "What's the deal? What are you going to use it for? You can't use it all the time. It needs to be recharged." And it was like, "Yeah, they understand what an electric vehicle is, and they understand what the limitations are." And I think there's only certain scenarios it can actually be used for, or yep. certain periods of time. Yeah, I mean. The reality is, the reality is, we're going that direction with legislation, right? At some point, well, it's a it's, everybody it's a will mandate. be. Up. Sorry, it's a man, it's a mandate from government that all government departments have to reduce all their emissions. So yep. a lot of these government departments have got electric vehicles or are getting them, and this is the police just going, "Okay, we'll do our part." Yeah, like at the end of this trial, they they might go, you know what? This does not work for us. Absolutely. That's what a trial is. That's exactly. what gets me. That's what gets me when people do this thing. And I'm like, they would be, it would be negligent of them not to do this trial. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and find the best possible car. Like, it's not like they've got a Nissan Leaf and they're going, we're doing a trial with a Nissan I'm, Leaf. You I'm, know what I mean? I am under the impression I heard somewhere. They are getting some other type of car, which won't be an actual marked police car. It'll be for office people that have to drive between buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, which makes sense. There, there would be all sorts of, uh, for one of a better term, general staff, administrative staff, yeah. and and administrative requirements for things. I mean, it, I could understand them using the you know the police. Um, is it police? No, that's criminal. Uh, what do you call it? Department of Corrections, those vans. I was thinking those vans because they said police on the side, but those vans could be electric quite easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
So of, we'll, anyway. I know, no doubt they'll let us, um, no doubt we'll find out how it goes. I, the only thing I was thinking was a lot of police cars get rammed and stuff all the time. Like every time they chase someone and they've just updated their um, pursuit policy. So they're allowed to chase after people a bit more now. Um, I'd hate to see what the uh, repair bill is when they crash that. The repair bill would be something, but it would, I would imagine, and I might be wrong, I would imagine it's safer than petrol being rammed. Uh, I don't know. They, I don't know. Uh, I know they freak out if a Tesla's involved in a crash. Oh, really? Yeah, because as soon as they- Chemicals. No, if there's any ignition, they can't. you can't just easily put it out. They burn for hours. They just sort of let it burn. So I know when one of them crash, it uh, goes a bit crazy. Huh. Okay, true. Yeah, and, and Just because I, they're worried uh, about the battery compartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll be honest, I know nothing about all that stuff. Hey, um, I've been um, going through uh, some similar things over the last month, I think, um, a couple of times. But I'm going to go back what? to this topic. Oh, gosh. Okay. The moon. The moon may be more habitable than you think. Um, okay. So there's a couple of things that I've watched recently. There was a um, a thing. It's an older one from uh, Singularity Hub. I rewatched. Now, is and this it, legit or is this some sort of? No, no, this is all science stuff. Um, okay. Um, because everybody's going. The, there's a, a huge push, and there's a geopolitical push for getting to the moon now. So we want to go to other planets, but we can't get pe- things out of the gravity well from Earth to yeah. build things in st- space. But what they've found is there's eight, um, what was it, something like 20 billion tonnes of water in the poles of the moon. Yeah, right? let's melt it. Yeah, and so that they can use for drinking water. Yeah, They can use it for fuel because yeah. you um, – if you hydrogen want out of it, you know, split yep. it off for hydrogen and oxygen. So the oxygen obviously you use as well. So it's really important. So they they knew that um, a few years back, quite a few years back. I forget when now, um, but I'll, I'll put a link because there's a really good um, program from PBS America, which is the Public Broadcasting Service of America, um, like the BBC effectively. Um, they did a thing called uh, Back to the Moon Full Special, which I think is about two months old now. Um, mm. So it's not like old. And uh, they go through a lot of that stuff. And it was fascinating because, I mean, for, for one thing that I thought was amusing was um, they're talking about digging, right? You've got to dig there. But you can't okay. get a uh, – if if you could somehow get a, um excavator up to the moon, yeah. which you can't because it's too bloody heavy, but if you yeah. could – it pushing into the ground will just lift it off the ground. It oh, won't right. dig because would they, an- would they anchor it down? Well, what they did, what they've done is really clever. I thought okay. so. They've got this thing with wheels, but on the outside, it's got other wheels, like but the digger wheels, and they counter rotate so they're pushing against each other. Oh, okay. As it's going down, which is brilliant. This is like yeah. oh, that's clever. Um, so yeah, okay. um, and they're using. And they go, well, things are going to break on this, so how do we fix it? And they're using the crushed-up moon dust as um, um, for – Cement. Yeah, to do that printing. What do you call it? 3D print yeah, 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 a new yeah. wheel. So they 3D print a new wheel and put it on. It looks – It looks Janky ass. Shitty, <laughs> damn ass. Yeah. But it works. So, you know, that's that's what they're doing. 
And um, and the other thing that it was really interesting to me too was um, they have a lot of volcanic tubes. So at one point, the moon had lots of volcanic mm. whatever activity. And so they have a lot of these underground volcanic tubes. And effectively, what you could do is, and we're talking about hundreds of miles, one tube's 100 miles long, and go in there, shore it up, spray the thing, pressurize it, there's your uh, habitat. Underground, it's um, somewhat protected from uh, radiation and things, micrometeorites and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I, I, I find it fascinating. So check out this um, PBS special, and there's a the Singularity video as well, which was quite interesting. Nice. So scientists, let's keep up with them. <laughs> Have you heard of, I didn't know what this was, a Tokamak? No. Uh, T-O-K-A-M-A-K-S, and I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Okay. It's, a de- it's a device used in magnetic confinement fusion. Um, okay. and this is, uh, they've got a few of them apparently around the world. And the idea is that they want to sustain a stable plasma state of the fusion reaction so you can get limitless energy. Right. So they're keeping okay. the, um, the electrons and neutrons and whatever in a very combined space using magnetic. So yeah. they can't fly apart and yeah. the reaction just is ongoing. Right. Okay. All right. So in the 1990s at the TFTR Tokamak, wherever the hell that's found, they <laughs> managed to make 10 million watts of fusion power. Holy shoot. Yeah. But now they've managed to do a hundred. They got over a hundred million degrees recently with the latest version of this thing called the st40 um but it's quite small apparently it's smaller than the other ones but it's like they've got a hundred yeah 100 million degrees celsius they've got to which is the apparently the temperature that fusion power plants need to generate for commercial energy so i don't know how long i don't know how long it was at that temperature for um, yeah, but never done and it usually that's yeah a fraction of a section second usually. Yeah, I'd say so. talking those things, but they, yeah, that's amazing. So I came across that, and I was like, didn't know what any of that was about. So it was interesting. <laughs> then and then I saw this story. Uh, I think it's the University of California. A bunch of engineers. They've got this plastic clip thing that goes on a smartphone camera and flash unit. And it can monitor your blood pressure at the user's fingertip, right? Right. Um, so you put your finger on tip on that plastic thing. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. Now, this little clip thing uh, only costs 80 cents to make. Huh. And they reckon that this could be an affordable, accessible way for resource-poor communities to check their blood pressure along with whatever the app is that does it. And uh, at scale, these things will probably cost ten cents. They yeah. could they could just hand them out to whoever, um, and show them how to do it. Um, yeah. So they just clip it, uh, clip it on, and then with the fingertip, and the app guides them on how long and how hard to press while it's doing the measurement. And apparently, it's as accurate as any other thing that you can buy commercially. Uh, like 
retail, I guess. It's yeah. the same. It's it's so close that apparently it's really good. Hmm. I, I that reminds me of something. I was reading a book. Uh, it's actually an audio book, um, but um, it's old. It was an old one. Um, okay. So I want to say it's like 30, 40 years old. It actually feels older, but maybe it's not. It could be. You are an old man. Yeah. Well, audio books, they don't make audio books of old, old books. They do. Well, maybe they do because this does seem really old. You used to be able to get them on tape because my <laughs> mum's uncle was half blind. And when we were a kid, so oh, yeah, 30, 30 odd years ago, he was listening to tapes. True, true. Actually, that's a good point. This could yeah. be anyway. So it was on. It's on inventions and stuff. So I, I was just trying to get some, you know, ideas for podcasts or, or, or for the newsletter or whatever. But um, one of the things they talk, he talked about was this mother and son who brought this guy back to life um, using a kit, basically a kitchen plunger, you know, a plunger. Okay. For um, pulmonary resuscitation. Yeah. So instead okay. of using fists or hands for uh, yeah. CPR, they used this plunger um, because she wasn't very big or whatever. And okay. it worked really, really well. And then they they created – I think they got a patent for it, I think he was saying in the thing. And I was like, that makes so much sense to me. Like it's much more specific, um, centered. Um it would be less, I think, less tiring. I don't um, know if you'd get enough pressure, though, would you? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'm, I, it, it, I was like, what happens to these ideas sometimes? Uh, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe it was like, yeah, talking, actually not better than just using your hands. But. Talking about all of that, how many first aid courses have you done over the years in two, general? Two, three, oh, four. Okay. Four, okay. maybe four. I mean, and, and I'm how, about and, things when I was a kid as well. Oh, okay. And how varied have they been from, like, the instructor to what they make you do? Oh, very much the same, I think. Um, yeah. Obviously, so, when I was a kid, it was basic. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, my one uh, is pretty quick that I do every but You do years. it every, every year, though, right? Eh? Every two years. Every two years, okay. And uh, so that was all good. And they plowed through some stuff and we learned some random stuff as well. But Sarah just did one for her job where she works at a school. It's a random training organization um, sort of around the corner from you. They had to do all this random homework. And this booklet was just full of random information, but very little on actual first aid. And oh, really? more about, yeah, more about being prepared for an emergency. like. Draw your escape plan in your house, and what do you do if this So it happens? wasn't really school-specific? Not as much as we thought it would be. Yeah, because when and you then, said that, I thought it was going to be very school-specific. No, and then it said, here's a car crash out of Lego. When you come across it, what would you do? And you had to write down five things. Anyway, <laughs> the course itself apparently was really good. In all the first aid courses I've ever done, I've only ever had the CPR dummy hooked up to a machine once, and it okay. was showing your compressions. This one, okay. Sarah, the one Sarah just did, they were all hooked up to iPads. They had to do CPR for a full two minutes, and they had to get a hundred percent before the person would pass them. Oh, that's and, that'd be tiring too. Yep, and then also they did. Um, Oh, it was something to do with the dummies had uh, sensors on it, I think, to know where um, you were putting bandages or something. 
some other high-tech thing. And then I said, did you do a um, defibrillator? No, they just pointed to a picture and told us we just, that's it. I was like, oh, oh okay. I, we do the defibrillator thing. Like, I know how to use one of them. It's just all random what these yeah, people teach you. It's different, eh? And, so and it's it's interesting because that's sort of the realm I'm playing with in terms of not the health and safety side no. of it or that yeah, health thing, but it's it's the same. I we're using um what do they call them performance criteria that the government sets to be assessed against, and then we interpret how we can get that performance i how we can meet that performance criteria yeah. and the questions and or whatever exercises we give them which is exactly what they're doing they've got performance criteria they're going well if we ask them about this lego in this car crash it's going to cover this yeah yeah um so it may it becomes a term of art in terms of you can do something quite different but it's meeting the same you know criteria performance criteria it's quite interesting yeah no totally it's uh but it's I don't know. I just thought, I don't know. You just always think it'd be a bit more standardized across the whatever, but yeah. they are covering the points, I guess. Yeah. And, and the reality is that no two situations are ever going to be the same. I like the idea that they're not too standard. Yeah, sure. Because um, that those little bits of variety, particularly for you, because you've done quite a few of them, will make a big difference. Like, mm. When you're in a real situation, you've got a real basic, a, a solid understanding of the fundamentals. But particularly with some of the stories that you're shared, um, you can see how those fundamentals can be a, applied in different scenarios. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. pretty cool. So the last couple of times I did it, I did it with the Surf Lifesaving Club when oh, I started right. doing some work with them. But that was a few years ago. And I was never really that good. I didn't know what I was doing because I mm. hadn't done it for years and years, you know. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Next week, we are at field days, which means we will be running around with microphones. And yes. um, if you're listening to this and you are at field days on definitely Wednesday, maybe Thursday, let's see. Um, if you see us, come say hi. We would love to talk to you. Absolutely. And then, so that means many, many, uh, many interviews will be coming out after that. Yep. And we will have to try and record a podcast for next week as well. And just uh, finally, too, before we we sign off, um, just a reminder that we've got the fireside chat coming up. With no uh, fire. With no fire. Bring your own fire. But I still like the idea of calling a fireside chat. So that, I know staying. you do. You love it. You absolutely <laughs> love really it. I really do. I do. Um, and that's, um, what did we say, the 11th of um, June? 2nd of July you've got here. Yeah, no, the 11th of June is when I put this in this thing. What am I You've doing? literally written it. No, no. Oh, 2nd of July. I'm looking at the wrong line. I don't know what date is correct, but we will let you know closer to the 2nd of July at 10 a.m. Sunday, 2nd of July, 10 a.m. That's New Zealand time. So if you're in America, it'll be Saturday some point. That's Uh, right. That is how I understand it. Uh, Yeah. uh, Okay. Details will be in the uh, Facebook page. And if you want to um, make some comments on that, that'd be great. Cool. Yep. Until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.